You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 66. We're continuing our three-part series about decluttering roadblocks, what you can do to overcome them, and how to create the right mindsets and systems to help you on your journey. This episode is part two, and we are turning toward the positive. Today, we are busting the toughest roadblocks and mindsets that are getting in the way of your progress to a more vibrant life with less stuff and learning how to overcome them. Welcome to Wanna Be Clutter Free, formerly Wanna Be Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am so happy you are joining me today. This episode is the second in a three-part series, so if you didn't catch last week's episode, make sure to check it out. You can pause this one and then come on back when you've finished. Last week, we shined a light on the most common decluttering roadblocks. I'm a firm believer that you cannot change something unless we know what we are trying to change. You might know you want to declutter, but if you're not sure why you struggle with it or what's holding you back, it's going to be really hard to make lasting changes. That means you'll clean up and maybe you'll even take a carload of stuff to your local donation center. But before long, your home will be messy again. Let's stop that cycle, shall we? That's what this three-part series is all about. Before we get into it, though, I want to let you know that you can find all of the show notes for today and links to anything I mention at littlegreenbow.com 66. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 66. And I also want to let you know that this three-part series is brought to you by my upcoming decluttering challenge. The Avalanche Declutter Challenge is back, and over the course of 30 days, we will be decluttering over 450 items from your home. I ran this challenge back in June and was so amazed by the difference it made in my own home. Since then, many of you asked if I would run it again, so here it is. If you're looking to declutter and organize your home, then I hope you will join us. The Avalanche Declutter Challenge will be starting on Tuesday, September 7th, the day after Labor Day if you're in the U.S., so you have a little time left to prepare. I'll have the details for the challenge on my website and in the show notes, so head on over to littlegreenbow.com forward slash 66 for more details. It made a huge difference in my home, and I know it can work wonders in yours as well. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about how to overcome the toughest decluttering roadblocks. Remember not to get down on yourself if you realize that you struggle with several of these. Stuff like money is a minefield of emotion. It takes practice to get through these, but I know that you can do it. Last week, I discussed the most common decluttering roadblock, and that's when decluttering feels too difficult or too overwhelming. This leads you to procrastinate or pretend there's not a problem. There is also the phenomenon of clutter blindness, and that's when we stop seeing all the stuff around us because we get used to it. Humans are great at adapting to our environments, and so clutter blindness can be a big problem for some of us. If you struggle with the roadblock of being overwhelmed and not knowing where to start, well, I want you to take some deep breaths 
And I want you to make a commitment to yourself and your family that you are going to just start. Start anywhere you want. There is no right or wrong way to get started. Start wherever inspiration strikes. I would encourage you to start small though. You can always do more if you still have the energy, but it's pretty heartbreaking when your good intentions lead to a giant pile of clothes on the bed and all of a sudden your kiddo needs you, something comes up, or you've run out of time and energy. Ask me how I know. You can declutter your entryway first or your bedroom. You can help the kids tidy up toys. We'll talk about lasting solutions for toys next week. You can start in your garage or your car. You can tidy up the junk drawer. It really depends on where inspiration strikes. There's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. that says, You don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And I love thinking about that quote when it's time to make a change. None of us knows how a change will affect us long term or 100% what the outcome will be. And that's okay. We can know the staircase is there and have an idea about how long it will be, but we just need to take the first step and keep moving up that staircase until we get to our destination. In addition to starting small, here are five steps that will help you overcome the overwhelm of decluttering. One, take a before picture. Don't worry, you do not have to share it with anyone. This is just for you. And this is so that you can see what's possible in a very short amount of time. Two, I want you to set a timer for 15 minutes. That's it. 15 minutes will make a world of difference. Three, declutter as quickly as you can. Toss garbage and the things that are no longer usable into a trash bag. Put donations in a box and then put away the things that you are keeping. I don't want you to pile them up and put them away at the end. I want you to do it right away. If you find something you're keeping, go put it where you want it to belong. And four, when the timer goes off, finish your session with whatever you have in your hand. So put it away, put it in the donation box, or put it in the garbage, and then I want you to stop. Hands up, time's over, you're done. I want you to step back and I want you to take an after picture. And then step five is to compare those two images and give yourself a pat on the back. Toss the garbage and then take that donation box and I want you to put it in your car. I want you to get it out of your house immediately and then make a plan to drop it off this week. That's it. Those five steps will help you tremendously to overcome the overwhelm of decluttering. You can tackle this roadblock in just 15 minutes, sometimes even less with a very concentrated effort. And I love taking the before and after picture because we can rationalize so much in our brains. But that photo, it is proof that you made a difference in a short amount of time. And sometimes that proof, just that little smidge of proof, is enough to get you motivated to do more. The second most common roadblock I hear about all the time has to do with feeling like you are in this all by yourself. Last week, I mentioned that most of you listening are, mom, are moms or parents, and often I hear about partners not being on board or the kids having a lot of stuff. The truth is that we cannot expect others to change with us on our timetable. The best thing you can do is to have an honest and open conversation with your family and let them know what you are doing and why you want to do it. Having a lot of stuff generally tends to be the most stressful on moms. 
That's what a study conducted by UCLA discovered back in 2002. But I don't think we really need a study to tell us this. We feel it in our everyday lives. So when you are ready to declutter, let your family know. Tell them that you are going to be decluttering your stuff and that you would like their support. Also, let them know that you will not be touching their items. And that can relieve a lot of anxiety that they are feeling as you embark on this journey. So if they know that their stuff is safe, they will be more supportive of you and your journey. But you're happy to, you know, let them know that you're happy to help them if they're interested in decluttering too, but that you're not expecting them to be on this journey at this time. And as you start to declutter and enjoy the benefits of having less, your positive energy will become contagious. It is a story I have heard about time and time again. So even if it doesn't feel possible for you, it might turn out to be your reality. But you have to put in the work on your own stuff. And those changes have to be real. You cannot ask your family to make changes that you yourself are not willing to make. So start in your closet and declutter your wardrobe, work through your bathroom products, then tackle your hobbies, work, and craft areas. You can declutter spaces that you're in charge of, like the kitchen. So if you're the one that cooks in your home and you are in charge of all of the cooking gadgets and gizmos and all the things that come with the kitchen, then go ahead and feel free to declutter there because it's not going to be affecting anybody else. Finally, declutter your sentimental items. If you get through all of your areas and actually declutter to where you feel comfortable with your stuff, that impact will be huge. Your family will feel it. You will feel lighter every day. And not only will your family's stuff affect you less, they will be more likely to respect your decision and the process and likely want to join you. We'll talk next week about how you can simplify common areas and stuff management in your home so that clutter becomes less of a problem in your home as you continue to live this life with less stuff. So this is just the first. We're getting out that all that clutter and all that stuff. And then next week, we're going to talk about systems that will help you maintain these things. And speaking of sentimental clutter, that is the third most common roadblock. Remember, like I mentioned last week, the problem with sentimental clutter is that we feel our memories and love are connected and tied up and wrapped up into these things. But that is our mind playing tricks on us. Our memories live on even if that item is not kept. Now, I'm not telling you to get rid of your sentimental items. Absolutely not. I just want to encourage you to examine what you own and keep the things you love, the things that make you feel good, and the things that add value to your life. Here's what I recommend you do with sentimental clutter. First, examine what sentimental items you have and one, determine why you're keeping it, and two, ask yourself if you have more than one thing that sparks the same memories. Knowing what we have and why we have it will help us let go. Here are some of my favorite ways to cut down on sentimental clutter. One, use the items you're keeping tucked away. Do you have an apron that reminds you of your grandma? How about a special platter? Get these items out and use them on a regular basis. That way you can reminisce as you use the things and you can create new memories and you can share those memories with your family. Two, repurpose sentimental things. One of my favorite stories to tell, so if you're a regular listener, I'm sure you've heard this one before, is how my mother-in-law turned my late father-in-law's t-shirts into quilts for each of their two sons. That quilt is super special and a wonderful way to remember my father-in-law through his travel t-shirts. 
So in your own life, think creatively and see if there's a way to repurpose something that you want to keep. Pinterest is full of good ideas on how to repurpose in DIY to your heart's content. So there are no limits on ideas out there. Three is to keep just one. When you have many keepsakes or lots of sentimental items, their significance can get watered down. Instead, choose your favorite one and really honor it. Put it on display and enjoy the happy feelings that you get each time you see it. It's counterintuitive, but one special thing hung on the wall is worth way more and will invoke many more memories than an entire box filled and tucked away in the basement. And for the final way I suggest to overcome sentimental clutter is to create a scrapbook for it. Taking pictures and making a photo album is a great way to keep a record of the sentimental items that you have but no longer want to keep physically. This allows you to remember those items and still free up the space in your home. Plus, it's much easier to look through a scrapbook or a photo album than it is to dig through a box of sentimental items. And plus, you won't have to dust it. (laughs) If you want to take this up a notch, write a little bit about each item in the scrapbook and then tell why it's significant. That way, it will make it much more fun to look through over the years and it will become more meaningful as time passes. You know, memories fade and stories get lost, but this way you can remember why it's special and pass that on to your children if you don't get a chance to really talk about it or they don't remember it much as they become adults. Okay, now that we've discussed the top three most common decluttering roadblocks, I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk more generically about overcoming your hurdles when it comes to decluttering. I find that these tactics work well for clearing the roadblocks that are standing in your way. And if you can't remember or you want to know the eight other decluttering roadblocks that I hear most often, be sure to check out the podcast from last week. But the three I just covered are the most common, so I wanted to address those specifically. We will be right back. And now, back to the show. Here's the thing. Decluttering is a mind game. We have to get our mindsets right if we want to make lasting changes in our homes and in our lives. I'll repeat that again. We have to get our mindsets right if we want to make lasting changes in our homes and our lives. Unfortunately, we've been fed marketing messages over the years that tell us if we just buy this thing or dress a certain way, we'll be pretty, popular, loved, rich, and our wildest dreams will come true. We've been conditioned to think that owning more stuff increases our worth as a person. We try to keep up with the Joneses and work for a life that we might not really want. We buy our kids toys to show our love, even though they already feel loved. No wonder we have a stuff epidemic. However, I want to play devil's advocate here too for a minute because the pendulum can swing the other way. Many people can get caught up in the frenzy of how little they can own. You've seen this with the 100 things challenge where you try to limit your personal possessions to only 100 items or on YouTube or Instagram where people try to cut out everything they feel is not absolutely necessary. So, You can go either way, but, and I do want to say right now that I'm not one of those minimalists, so if that's what you're looking for, I'm not going to be able to provide it. However, if you want to live a life that is less stressful, that feels vibrant and energizing without suffocating and feeling weighed down by your stuff, well, I'm your girl for that. The thing that has worked for me over the years is knowing what I want and striving for balance in my home, my life, and my relationships. One way I have done that is to embrace my fears. So anytime we try something new or different, there are fears that come up. That is just 
natural. That's exactly what happens. The thing you want to understand is that a lot of these fears are not based in reality. Fear is a survival mechanism and it's for your brain. We know that we're safe in our current situation, but we're not 100% sure that we'll be safe if we make a change. It can be scary to do something different, especially if you feel like you're all alone. But fears are the opposite of freedom. They keep you stuck where you are so that you can remain safe. But if you're listening to this, you're not 100% happy with the state of your home. So it's time to embrace your fear and then commit to making a change. Nothing that I tell you to do or that I have done in my own life is 100% permanent. Stuff can be purchased again. Homes can be changed. You know, everything is temporary and things change. And so even if you think that you're not making a change, you just can't do that. Life moves on whether you want it to or not. So go ahead and get comfortable with this idea that trying something new for the first time is going to feel scary and it's going to feel different and you're going to be okay. All right, another way that we can get over the decluttering roadblocks is to look at everything with a discerning eye and ask ourselves the tough questions. We need to question the value of our possessions and figure out if it contributes to the life that we want to be living, or is it keeping us stuck and unhappy in a stressed out and unhappy cycle, right? So to do this, ask yourself a few questions. Does this add value to my life? That is one of my favorite ones. And another question I like to ask is, if I didn't have this thing, how much money would I pay to get it right now? Now, if you answered no to that first question, that it doesn't add value to your life, or, well, I wouldn't pay much for it, to that second question, well, then you can let it go pretty easily. The idea is to examine the things that we have into our life and not just take them on blind faith that we've always had them so that it always has to be done this way. One more way to get over your decluttering roadblocks is to do a 30-day challenge. Challenges are one of my favorite ways to jumpstart my own decluttering efforts. They have worked so well for me in the past. Even when I feel like our home's in pretty good shape and we don't have that much excess, I am always amazed at how much I can find to donate, pass on, and just get out of our home. It's a testament to the wisdom that life is a journey and we are all constantly growing and changing. Things I needed in the past, I can outgrow and then I can let them go because they can be used by someone else. And since I love challenges so much, remember, I'm rerunning that Avalanche Declutter Challenge, and it's starting next week on September 7th. It's the Tuesday after Labor Day for those of you in the U.S., so we're not going to be overlapping a major holiday here. So make sure you go to the show notes, littlegreenbow.com forward slash 66, sign up for the daily email inspiration, and join us. There has been, um, actually, there have been quite a few signups already just in the last week since I announced it. So um, it's going to be a blast and it was a blast in June and I think you're going to really like this round too. So make sure you sign up if you want to jump in on a challenge. It's like I said, one of my favorite ways to get over decluttering Roblox because it just gives you a little nudge to do something that you know you want to do, you know you should do it. And then this just, you know, other people are doing it too. So it makes it a little bit easier to just rip off the band-aid and join in the fun. And since I mentioned that this idea of life being a journey, that's another way that you can get over your decluttering roadblocks. 
it goes back to making a subtle mind shift. And that is to look at the process of decluttering as a journey of increasing that lightness in your life, letting go of the things that are weighing you down. Just like we do not get upset at our children when they grow and they go through different phases in our life, we should not get upset at ourselves when we find that we no longer want or need the things from our past. We gotta let go of that guilt. It's life is boring if we're not growing. So make sure that you just say, okay, that was helpful in the past and now I'm in a different place in my life or I want to do something different. I want to be in a different place in my life. So I'm going to let go of this thing so that I can feel lighter, let go of that heaviness and that guilt and move on. Put it another way, instead of getting down on ourselves, we should thank ourselves for growing and embrace the new stage of life that we are in. This makes it much easier to let go of old possessions, old ideas, and that guilt that sometimes comes with things turning out differently than we had anticipated. And that's okay. It's all part of growing as a human being. The fifth general way that you can overcome your decluttering roadblocks is to fill your mind with inspiration. There is no shortage of content, advice, and help thanks to the internet. So find people that you connect with and then learn from them. If you're listening to someone and what worked for them doesn't fit your lifestyle, then thank them for sharing their ideas and look for another person to learn from. Life is not a one-size-fits-all garment, and so it's okay if what worked for someone doesn't work for you. There are other ideas. I am not the same as a lot of different, um, you know, decluttering, organizing, and minimalist uh, individuals. You know, I'm not like the minimalist who started as two gentlemen without families. I have a family. I'm a mom, and I come from a different perspective, and that's great. It is perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. So find somebody that fits what you're looking for. You know, life is a wonderful buffet of choices. You can take inspiration from a YouTube channel. You can listen to different podcasts. You can read books. You can find ideas on Pinterest. And even better, you can take the pieces of each that work for you and create your own personalized solution that works the best for you and your family. The idea is that we fill our minds with the things that help us to achieve that life that we want. Use the positivity positive messages that build us up and help us understand that we can make our dream a reality and then avoid that negativity in the world that just wants to keep us small and stuck where we are in the little box that makes other people feel comfortable. So find some inspiration that works and speaks to you. In my final piece of advice for this episode on how to overcome your decluttering roadblocks is to find a declutter buddy. Accountability is a big motivator for people, as is friendly competition. So ask your friends if they want to join the Avalanche Declutter Challenge with you or make a pact to declutter 100 items from your your home. You decide what you want to commit to. The idea is just to check in with each other to see how you're doing and to keep each other accountable and excited about the journey. Plus, I hate losing, so if my declutter buddy seems to be winning, well, it makes me want to find more stuff to get out of my house. That's not just me, right? Don't worry. You don't even have to show your declutter buddy what your home looks like before you start. But perhaps having someone to reveal the outcome would help keep you in check and let go of the fears and those negative mindsets that have been holding you back in the past. Whew. So that wraps up the ideas for how to overcome the toughest decluttering roadblocks. We just covered nine ways that you can move past your fears and the struggles so that you can make progress and change for the better. 
Let's choose to clear the clutter from our homes. We can free up our minds and we can live the vibrant lives that we want to be living each and every day. I hope you liked today's episode and it provided some helpful tips and strategies so that you can plow right through those roadblocks that might have been holding you back. Join me again here next week and we're going to finish up this three-part series when we talk about creating the systems, routines, habits, and better mindsets that can keep that clutter out of your home in the first place. If you'd like to continue the conversation this week, I invite you to come over and share in the Wannabe Minimalist Family Community on Facebook. The group is completely free and it's becoming an amazing community of like-minded people. It's a great place to ask any questions you might be having about decluttering, organizing, or simplifying your life from others who have been there before or are currently on a similar journey as you are. You are not alone and we are here to help. Let us be your declutter buddies. Introduce yourself, share your thoughts, and let us know if there's something that we can help with. Plus, I'd love to know what you thought of today's episode. If you're brave enough, let me know which roadblock has been the biggest struggle for you and which strategies you're going to try. I promise, like I said, you are not alone and others are struggling with it too. You can mention it in the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes if you haven't joined yet. Or you can tag me on Instagram. I'm little.green.bow or you can use the hashtag wannabeminimalistfamily. I'm excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and a vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget to pick up all of the show notes for today at littlegreenbow.com slash 66. I will have links to, I did talk about a couple other episodes last week where I did a deeper dive on a few of those roadblocks. So I'll link those again this week. And you can also sign up to be part of the Avalanche Declutter Challenge. And again, that's starting Tuesday, September 7th. It's already the beginning of September. I cannot believe it. So you can do all of that on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 66. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I do want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me, and I hope the information that I provide is helpful and inspiring and encouraging. If you enjoyed today's episode and haven't done so already, please subscribe so that you are notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And my number one thing, if you would please leave a review if you enjoyed the show, that would really make my day. It helps other people find us so that they can discover the benefits of a minimalist lifestyle. And it also just helps me know that I'm out there helping people. So that's it. I'll catch you here next week for part three when we're all about setting up systems to make keeping a tidy home easier. All right, cheers. See you then.